Um, you know, oh, gonna have to edit that out. Surprisingly, the shit show. So we're just coming off of a failed live stream. And Is that how we're opening it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well. Might as well be straight up. Um, so real quick, we're gonna do a shot to decompress. But decompression cheers, shot. Cheers to the shit show of our first try. The shot sponsored by Dutch Bros. <laughs> and give me. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Magnolia House with me, Tony Peterson. And Alex Fleur back here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, As I am sometimes, most times. <laughs> yeah, I think only one without, right? So far. I guess so. No, yeah. the, the one with your sister too. Oh, one with my sister, yeah. That was, yeah. That was weird. That was pre-really doing it days. That was uh, pre-long table... Oh, it was yeah, like uh, yeah. it was uh, uh, like panel format. Yeah, and shit, that. video quality, and then the video cut out three oh, quarters of the way sure. through, which was really a bummer, man. That was actually a very deep episode, and I think that's when people come to me and say they watch the podcast. Surprisingly, a lot of them say that's the one they watched. Really? Um, huh. Yeah, because I had a, an old friend of mine reach out and say that really moved her, and that it was very uh, huh. open of me to do that. I mean, that so. was. I mean, honestly, like getting your sister to do that was very she was she was very vulnerable at that moment she was, yeah you know? she was very vulnerable yeah. and my sister's always honest she's very she's a very straight up person hmm. um and yeah i'm surprised she was comfortable with being on camera and having a mic but also she was going through the worst parts of her withdrawals and so wow. in a lot of pain very uncomfortable and very down on herself and we're still trying to get her to come home and, you know, go through the motions, getting sober and whatnot, but it's hard. Yeah. I haven't checked in with you on that in a while. Yeah. You guys um, in a spot. I know we got to, we're not going to put this in, but I'm just curious. No, we can, we can put it in. I don't mind. It's, um, it's weird. It's, we, so we took her to Seattle. Um, I took her to Seattle to try and get her away from her triggers, get her away from the city. Cause that's how her boyfriend got sober. And, she found drugs within the first eight hours, like of us being there, which is like, God, it just shows how a drug Everyone, addict, if they yeah, want yeah. drugs, yeah. they'll find it's them just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was as simple as her. I mean, not many people would do this, but if you're feeding for drugs, she just went door to door. You got drugs, you got drugs, you got drugs. And it worked out. Mm. Um, so after we got back and after a lot of fighting and arguing, and screaming and just a lot of not goodness uh we told her that was our last straw like we've literally done every fucking thing we can everything um so we said from now you're on your own don't come home unless you're trying to get sober uh you can't see your son which we've bent the rules on that a lot because she's been with i mean um, you don't want to i mean you don't want to keep her from her son but like yeah but we also don't want her son to see her in that state because she's sure. also going to the bathroom and using and sometimes passing out in the bathroom and the ambulance get called or there's needles somewhere since you've been to seattle no not okay. since then okay. but in the past that's sure. happened which is why we try to limit uh interaction with them um but it's weird it's had this reverse effect so we said we're done trying to force you to get sober uh 
we have open arms when you're ready to come to that point on your own. And since then, she has been expressing to us that she's ready, which in the past, like when we were trying to force her, she was like, I don't want to get sober. Fuck you guys for trying to force me. Fuck you for calling the crisis center and forcing me into detox and all this shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck sure. you. And now she's talking like she's ready and that she's unhappy with the state she's in and, you know, bad friends, doesn't get to be around the family, doesn't have a steady place to stay and all this stuff. Um, and so I think you, in terms of dealing with addicts, you really do have to let them hit that spot on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's counterintuitive when you're dealing with a loved one because you want to try everything possible to... You want to help them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, they won't let you help them. No. And it's like the Chinese finger trap when you try to, like, rip it open. And it's only if you, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad analogy. No, I think um, I think that's a really good analogy because yeah. I feel like that's, you know, when people, if they don't know the Chinese finger trap, and I yeah. experience this with kids because yeah. I, you know, when I work with kids, I would get them that. And actually, we yeah. made some ourselves. Oh, that's and cool. when kids do that, their uh-huh. instinct is to just, just pull, pull it, to pull, pull apart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you really have to, like, understand that, like, you got to, like calmly put it together yeah. and like and then pull your relaxed out. pull it out right yeah, yeah. um and that's kind of what we're seeing now and actually that's what Tanil said when she came and she was talking about Tanil. if you haven't seen out of the episode is the uh lead administrator of isabella house uh, women's rehab slash kind of shelter in spokane um but that's what she said she said you kind of have to cut them off as best as you can but still having the lifeline of love right um and just say you're on your own until you're ready to come and when you are ready to come we have open arms yeah and i mean it's what heidi said too yeah with her family it was yeah. like was just like it was a little until, bit of tough love yeah it was just like they wouldn't accept her calls yeah they weren't letting her in to unless, stay yeah, yeah like unless she was like doing something about yeah. the situation yeah but it's you know? it's scary as a family member to do that I, because yeah. nah, I mean, you, it, yeah, ev- sure. me and my dad talk about it literally every night. We never miss a night talking about her. And it's like she could die at any time. She could overdose. And this is a fucking sad topic. Me and you talked about a little bit when we were getting margaritas that one time. Mm-hmm. It's that she doesn't carry ID with her anywhere she goes. She's always at a random friend's house. And so if, God forbid, she were to overdose and die somewhere there nobody knows who she is she has no id on her and it could be days or weeks before anybody figures out who she's related to right and she would have been alone and she would have been you know around a bunch of creeps and yeah and you know and that's that's not an image you want in your head no um and so yeah kind of a somber start to a uh, an episode but sorry yeah, i just wanted to no check yeah in. I mean, yeah. yeah um but yeah so we're hoping she's been expressing to us a lot that she's ready um but as you could be as ready as you can be but it's like the physical addiction is still there mm-hmm. so it's like and that was the issue with her she always when she had her fix she was like i'm ready but then as soon as those physical withdrawals kick in and you're in pain and your body is just screaming at you, get me fucking drugs, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, then, not to like trivialize it, but like in, in terms of like, you know, I smoked a lot of weed in my past or mm-hmm. I, maybe in, in August of smoking cigarettes or something yeah. like that. It's just like when you just kind of 
once you aren't high anymore, yeah, and, and just don't talk about weed, just you know, just to be specific, mm-hmm. but like when you aren't high anymore, you just kind of want to do it again. How many times have I tried to stop smoking cigarettes? Sure, I mean, and yeah, I, and then smoking I, cigarettes. I, I, I like, just started smoking cigarettes this like six months, five months ago. Yeah, at fucking twenty-seven. Who fucking uh, does that? Yeah. Um, but I've I'd say I'll, I'll buy packs. I'm surprised how much you smoke now. <laughs> It's awful. Uh, and mean, it's a compulsory yeah. thing. And sure. it's a, once your anxiety and, peaks, you're like, I want to cigarette. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, for me too, it's like, you know, like I used to smoke more and mm-hmm. I never smoked, you know, a ton, Straight but up, like, yeah. but like, um, yeah, I never, I, I usually, I'm, I did, I never used to get this when I was younger, but mm-hmm. then people used to say like, I only smoke when I drink or whatever. Yeah. When I drink is when I tend to want to smoke Same. more. And yeah. like, that's when I'm bumming with smokes off you or whatever, yeah. even nowadays. But yeah. nowadays I don't ever buy packs or tobacco myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, that's, and honestly, like I'm fine if I don't, Yeah, but when it's around, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I'm yeah, just like, me too. You, did you bring some to me? You know? <laughs> and like, and if you didn't, then I'm like, all right, whatever. But like, if you did, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. But also if you're not a consistent smoker, mm-hmm. when you do get a little tipsy and you get a cigarette, you're like, oh man this is the bee's knees this is nice but when you're a consistent smoker it's like this is just my fix right now like Mm -hmm. even when you're drunk it's the the niceness of it is severely diminished Hmm. um because i remember when i didn't smoke consistently and i would be at a bar with john or something and i'd get a bum a cigarette off somebody i'd be like oh fuck yeah this is nice (laughs) um but now it's like uh yeah i'm not a fan but back to what we were talking about it's like I'll buy packs. Like, I'll be fiending for a cigarette. Like, I'll have said, I'm done. But, I, like, I really want one. So, I'm like, uh, oh, just going to buy one. And then I'll, I'll buy a pack just for a cigarette. And then I'll throw away the pack. <sighs> and then two days later, I'll do that again. And then two days later, I'll do that again. So, all of a sudden, in a week, I've spent 30-something yeah. dollars on cigarettes. I mean, that's just a bad. Yeah. And, but also, you it's know, I, 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 no, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good way to go about things. Yeah. Um, but... I also do think I, I do wonder if it's a a ploy on the cigarette company's part that they don't sell singles anymore because they want you. Do to they get used the, to smell sing, sell yeah, singles? Yeah, they used. Yeah, yeah a lot of wow. places used to sell singles. Um, they would come in this little plastic cartridge and it would just be a single cigarette. And yeah, and I think rarely you can. Sometimes you can find a place that still does. Um, hmm. They're like not big brand cigarettes, they're just some random. Um, but I think it's a ploy. It's like it's like the whole hot dog and hot dog bun thing. It's yeah. like they don't you leave know, you. But people say this about the hot dog, hot dog bun thing. Uh-huh. But they sell eight packs of hot dogs uh-huh. and they sell eight pack hot dog <laughs> do, buns. Do they? Yeah. People say yeah. like, oh, they sell 10 packs of hot dogs and eight packs of hot dog buns. I've yeah. never seen that. Maybe it was a thing at one point, but I've never seen that. Huh. It's always eight and eight. I don't know. I feel like they've been found out. I feel like it's six. When you think of a package of buns, it's two, four, six. No. It's eight. Eight would be it's for sure eight. long. I don't know. I'm almost agree to be wrong, but I've heard this. I've heard this a lot, and yeah. like, I've well, at heard, least it used to be a thing. I think it used yeah. to be a thing, yeah. Yeah. and that was, I think, a way for them to just like, if you want to eat all your hot dogs with yeah. that with buns, you got to buy two packs of buns, yeah. which means you got to buy more hot dogs, and then it's just yeah. like, oh, and I think cycle thing, yeah. I, whether or not it is a thing with buns and dogs, <laughs> 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 uh, I think it is a thing with cigarettes. I think, 
like especially if you just want a single cigarette it's like yeah. you got to buy a pack yeah and then if you have a back well you might as well smoke them and then if you're gonna smoke yeah. all those i mean uh, I you're think, probably gonna get hooked. i think that's all they got now because i mean it's like yeah. people are wise after the whole truth campaign in the 90s and early 2000s of like mm. smoking is bad for you yeah. yeah everybody knows smoking is bad for you kids yeah. these days know smoking is bad for you you only have the like fienders and the addicts left yeah you know and it's funny because it used to be like a health product <laughs> sure, back in yeah. the day back in the yeah, day day it's how you practice your deep breathing exercise yeah. you know that <laughs> shit like that you know it's just like have some folgers with a nice marlboro it's like but you know, coffee and cigarettes uh, another i don't know fucking Nevis. dynamic duo it's great yeah i don't know um but yeah so i if if it's that hard for me to stop smoking cigarettes fucking imagine, try heroin or don't try heroin but yeah. i'm saying like god imagine sure i can't even yeah. imagine no. what that's like and i can't even imagine people who fall into that lifestyle yeah. and who are physically and psychologically and just even habitually addicted to it yeah. you know so it's like what do you do like even if you feel like you want to stop how do you find a different routine in life yeah where that's not part of it because it's all consuming yeah right? and yeah and that's the thing with my sister her day-to-day consists of either getting high or doing everything she can to develop the means to get high so whether that's stealing money from people or stealing from a store mm-hmm. or uh what is it called um uh, I'm forgetting the name, but uh, there's like desi- my sister became one. She you designated people to be like, I'm going to the store. What do you want me to get to trade for you? So like she'll she'll have somebody who has a dealer, and then he'll be like, Hey, go get me this set of speakers from Walmart. And then she'll she'll go get them, and then that, she'll trade that for whatever he's going to get them in what way <laughs> to, to steal, steal them. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like her day to day is just doing drugs or doing everything in her power to get drugs. Mm-hmm. And then when you, it's time to get sober and you need to remove all of that, you have nothing, nothing, nothing but free time in your, on your hands. Right. And also a lot of that free time is spent in pain. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, even if you're past the withdrawal phase physically, your mind is still like, go get us some drugs. Sure. It's the um, habitual thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like your and body so, only knows to do one thing. Yeah. So. And I've, I've been told that it's like a, I don't know if it's fight or flight, but it's like, your brain rewires to like, this isn't getting high. This is survival. You need these drugs to exist. Mm-hmm. Like, and so your, your brain just rewires to relying on it. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's rough. And again, if, if it's this hard for me to quit cigarettes, yeah, can't even everyone's got to be exponentially harder. Um, I mean, does that help you empathize? Get some, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, significantly. And that's the thing. It's like, my dad always says, I wish it could be me instead of her. I wish like I could trade places with her because I don't want to see her going through this. You know, I've had that thought with like, even just people on the street, I've seen him like, man, that person is going through a rough time. Like, I wish I could take on some of that burden. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was Nietzsche who said like, pity doesn't really help Mm. It, it. in fact, it like almost demeans the person you're pitying. Yeah. And you should almost, you should have a frame of mind that empowers them in some way. And like, it's hard to know where to go from there, but it's like the whole taking on their suffering isn't helpful to them or yeah. to you yeah. in some way. I've heard that somewhere too. Yeah. And not to bring it, I, I've heard, I think Peterson. Sure. Yeah. That. And yeah. I know, actually I know Peterson, like Resilient to Nietzsche. To, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've heard, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like that, just the idea that like pity isn't a, a useful, useful tool. tool at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. But then what can you do? 
And that's the thing with like when you see Spokane is a big homeless problem. It's like, and you know, I live in a not so great neighborhood, and so I'm quasi interacting with lots of home. Like I go to the same gas station every day, mm-hmm. and every day is you got a dollar? Hey, you got something? Or can you buy me a beer? Straight up, and it's like. As a normal person, you can't be like help but be like, ah, dude. But at the same yeah. time, you're like, they're going through shit right now. Sure, you know, you know and so. I, you know, and I like I, you know, living in Seattle, you get that shit a lot. And it, I think my my strategy has always been, you have to acknowledge the fact these people are still people. Yeah. Right. But you don't you don't necessarily owe them anything, and yeah. you have to think about your situation versus their situation and what you can handle, and like. Like, so some people, I think they try and figure out like, well, I can't give everybody everything. Right. Yeah. And they try and just shut it all out of like, I had, sorry, go ahead. No. Or, I mean, just like, yeah, I, like I think some people try and like be like, I'm not giving, I can't give everything to everybody. Yeah. So they just stop engaging and they like ignore yeah. or like shove aside or even like attempt to like rate the person like or compart- just like compartmentalizing a bit yeah so or just like, like yeah like in their mind yeah like put this person beneath them in yeah. some way um do you remember like, sorry do you, you remember when you first moved to a big city when i first like moved to like seattle like seattle yeah yeah i mean it was like 2013 i remember when i first moved there uh people would be like you got a dollar and it'd be like oh maybe and then mm-hmm. like walk down the block slowly, you got a dollar and be like time. Ah, maybe right and then you slowly get desensitized to yeah. that and you're just yep. like you do keep walking yeah and Duncan Trussell has this this uh, anecdote of he was in a big city and a friend of his from a very small city came to visit. Mm-hmm. And he was with a group of people at a bar or something like that. They were a little tipsy and they get out of the bar and sees this person like, can you please help me? Like, I'm blah, blah, blah. And this one was like, oh, my God. And she like approached him like, let me help you. Can I get you food? Do whatever. And her friend came. She's like, we don't do that. What do you like? Get, hmm. Like, that's it. They're everywhere. Like, and then Duncan Trussell was like. God, man, how fucked up are we that she stopped somebody from helping somebody? Right. And yeah. it's like, at one hand, you understand what the friend was kind of getting at in the sense that, like, yeah, it's there's a gigantic problem. Like, but at the sure. same time, she's fucking trying to help. Right. And, and I think, but that's part of that, like, people stop seeing individuals and they start seeing groups. Right. That, so it's like, it's it, not like he's it's, not a person. He's a homeless guy. Right. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. And that's the issue that yeah. we have as human beings because yeah. we we for like our mental like sake and like it's our like it helps our processing power to like help you know like categorize things right um and i think like yeah in that moment like it probably wasn't a good move you know like if anything like let the person help but then i don't know have a conversation or something yeah but it also sounds like that person has lost sight of the fact that this is an individual yeah and like for my strategy has always been to be like listen to every person but then be honest about where you're at. And yeah. like, you know, my go-to phrase, even though it's a go-to phrase, like, mm-hmm. you know, like I say it often is like, I'm sorry, not today. Like, I cannot yeah. help you today, yeah. you know? And like, it's come from, you know, I remember the first time and I was, it was in Bellingham actually. And Bellingham is not a big city, but I, you know, there was a guy wandering downtown and I was kind of downtown doing errands and I ran into him and he's like, can you like, please give me a dollar? Like, mm-hmm. I just need some food. And I'm like, yeah, like I got a dollar. Like here's a dollar. Yeah. And then literally a few blocks 
away, I was doing something else and I yeah. ran into him again. Yeah. And he came up to me like he'd never seen yep. me before. And was I've like, had that experience many times. Hey yeah. man, can I have a dollar? I'm like, I, I just gave you a dollar. Yeah. Like, like I can't be giving you like all my dollars. Like, yeah. and it was like, I mean, I'm not like getting on him about it, but it's yeah. just like, I can't do this all day. And then when I moved to Seattle, there was, it was kind of a similar situation, but like I was trying to help a guy who like, you know, he gave me the spiel of like, I need gas to get wherever. Yeah. And like, just give me like, I just need like 10 bucks, to like fill out my tank. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, sure, dude. Like I'm like, I, it was, I was living in Shoreline. And did you time. see him? And then he was later else. asking somebody else. Yep. And I was like, man, like shit, like I can't be doing this. Like I don't yeah. have my needs met. Like yeah. I, like as much as I want to help people, I can't do it. And like, it just became a case by case thing for me where it's like, it really depends on the person. And like, like first and foremost, I listen, like mm -hmm. somebody comes up to me, I like stop, mm -hmm. I listen. And then I just honestly tell them whether or not I can spare yeah. that. And, and honestly, a lot of it depends on like my mood yeah, and, and like, their like what I, my read off them and like their situation you're a better person than me and because like, i've developed into the person where i just keep walking but i think that's you know that's it's easy to do that yeah. right and the hard part of life is to constantly be engaged and like evaluate on a case-by-case case, like yeah. every person you meet and the thing. thing is i i mean i feel awful doing that because my siblings were those people mm. you know Sure. And it's like, I should be more empathetic. You know, there was this guy on Capitol Hill that like, I, I mean, I didn't get to know him at all, but like I'd seen him around a bunch mm -hmm. and he was very clearly not like struggling. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he was struggling in the way that maybe I or you are struggling yeah. in life, but like, oh, I have a story for you. After he, this, he, yeah. he was not maybe, you know, on the street living or anything mm -hmm. like that, but he clearly just went around asking people for money yeah. and get money to like buy food and do things. Yeah. But like was not in this like sad state that other folks were. Yeah. And like people would give him money. And I was yeah. just like, dude, like, like you're just kind of taking advantage of like, honestly. So there's some people like, I feel like settle. Goodwill. Yeah. Or like, and especially where people are more affluent, like they kind of settle into just like giving a few bucks here and there, you yeah. know, every once in a while. And he was taking that money and it was just felt like this is kind of like, I can't, yeah. I don't know. It just I, really I have a, I have up. a worse story. Uh, there was this video uh, a few years back of this guy and he would bring his wife and his child with him to go uh, panhandle. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody stopped him and be like, dude, I know you. I, I know where you work. You have a job. Wow. And it turns out the guy was making hundreds, if not thousands a month panhandling on top of his normal job. And wow. like just uh, leaning on people's sympathy to make extra money. Right. So like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It, it, it almost, honestly reminds me sometimes of like when the people on the street, the outreach folks for certain organizations come out and be like, hey, can I sign you up to like help donate to this cause or to this organization um, to like help us out? And there was a time when like I would, you know, like if the cause seemed good, mm -hmm. you know, that like I was like, it, it's kind of what we're talking about with uh, Nicole yesterday. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just like I like I feel like I'm doing okay. I mean, like I'm not yeah. I'm not anywhere close to being on the street, even if I'm struggling to like. You but know, that's why it's interesting that their program is Live, Learn, Thrive, mm -hmm. because uh, I remember back in the day uh, with um, a guy I look up to, Adam, that I used to work with and was very close to the family, um, and he's somebody who's very proactive, like always be doing something. And not only that, dude, the guy is a saint to this day. He did landscaping. That was like his 
career for years, self-employed. Um, and every day on the job site, he'd be like, we have to do something for somebody every day. Hmm. And so it'd be like, whether well, there's an old lady that, cause he became familiar with everybody on the routes or adjacent to the routes that he'd do. So we'd go and mow an old lady's lawn for free or go weed whack or pull weeds or something. Hmm. Um, but he was always very proactive in life in general, not just his business. And I was expressed to him, I was like, I, I think in my upbringing, it, I, was, I feel like I've been subconsciously indoctrinated into not knowing how to thrive. Like all of my family is accustomed to just getting by, barely, mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck, doing what you can in the meantime. It's like there's no f- planning for the future. And even to this day, I still feel like that. It's like, I don't know how to thrive. I know mm-hmm. how to pay the bills barely. Right. All my bills are usually late. Um, and yet progressing and building, that's not something I'm accustomed to. And yeah. there's a lot of in the moment sacrifice that you have to do that is hard to do, like setting aside money or right. working extra hours or all that kind of stuff just to get a little bit ahead. Yeah, and I think this is where it kind of feels like work... Like, even working class folks have some mind to like be charitable in some way mm. and to help other people, right? They want to help other people, yeah. but I just feel like they're not in the place to do that. Yeah. And like, like, you know, the people who go around and this is like, so I, t- you know, there are other folks that I knew in Seattle who like also experience these outreach folks who are on the street with their clipboards being like, Hey, this is the organization I work for mm-hmm. and we're trying to fundraise and do this stuff. And like they find it hard to like, like oh I feel so bad whenever I pass people yeah. or like oh I try and ignore them so they don't talk to me because if I talk to me I'll have then to I'll, have end, to I'll, end, I'll end up yeah. giving oh, money to yeah. them or stuff like yeah. that you know, and I'm like like here's the deal like mm. those people aren't trying to talk to you like you're not you're not the person that they're trying to mm. get to because yeah. you don't have expendable income yeah like they're trying to get to folks with expendable income yeah. who aren't using their money for good like for the greater good and like yeah. you are trying to use your money to survive there was these guys in seattle like, that stopped me use it yeah you know? yeah, yeah. there's this guy in seattle that stopped me and the, it's one of those groups with the clipboards and the jackets and mm-hmm. like they're like yeah it's only 50 dollars a month and this, this right. and i'm like bro 50 a month sure like right. how do you i'm not rich <laughs> right like and how sad it is is it that 50 bucks a month is a lot to me right like a lot well, but it is a lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, it yeah. totally is. That's a lot. what six hundred a year. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's um, that's a fucking ton of money. You yeah. Know? Like, and like, like I went through the spectrum of like encountering these people and listening to them. Right. And I yeah. listen. I'm like, man, that's a good organization. And like, fuck, these people need more money yeah. more than I do. Yeah. And I ended up being subscri- like subscribed or whatever a donor mm-hmm. to like three different organizations yeah. for like between twelve and twenty five dollars a month. Wow. But where it broke for me is like. Um, it was a circumvention. I'm not going to name them, but like shady, huh? <laughs> it was, it was $25 a month. And I went to the guy and I was like, you know, you know, I struggle like to, you know, sometimes I struggle to pay my bills and like, I don't always know if I have money in my account. Was he like, maybe you should cancel your whatever payment? Well, he, well, here's the thing is, yeah, they, they always talk to Sounds you like, very well, Scientology. The, th- the thing is like, they're always like, are you well, donating to Scientologists? Do you, did you know? <laughs> no, no, no. But like, they're like, well, like, do you feel like you'd notice if $12 a month is missing from your account or whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's like, well, I guess not, you know? And like, yeah. so I was donating to a couple already, but then this one in particular was $25 a month, which is mm. the most I ever donated. 
And I was like, you know, like, I'm just like, I get worried because like, I don't know if I have money in my account every month. Like yeah. that's the situation I'm in. Yeah. And this person's an outreach person. Like their whole goal is just like to get people signed up. They're not really like trying to, I don't know. Yeah. They're not really trying to like figure out what's best for you. Yeah. And I was like, so like, I was like, you know, like what would happen if I didn't have money in my account and like you tried to withdraw the money? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, like if there was no money in the account, it doesn't go through. The transaction uh-huh. doesn't go through. You don't get, you know, the money doesn't come through that month. Yeah. And then I was like, well, also I'm worried like this because it was like you were sponsoring something, you know, yeah. you're sponsoring a person oh, every month. relying on it. And I was like, well, if I don't, like if I drop off, like what happens? It's like, well, like, you know, we figure out we ways go to kill co- them. <laughs> you know, we, we, we figure out ways to compensate or whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, okay, well, if, if like if the money isn't there, and I, and if I, cause if the money's there, maybe I don't need it. Yeah. If the money's not there, there's no penalization for me. It doesn't happen that month, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I was like, okay, I'll sign up for this. Yeah. And what happened was that like, I like, overdraft like fees. It, overdraft fees, yeah. they would try and pull the money out. They yeah. would pull it out. And then I was, I would got an overdraft fee that was more than the amount yes. of the money Probably that like was 30, taken out. $40. $32. Yeah. Yeah. And like all of a sudden I was getting in debt for yeah. trying to like, Put money I don't have for helping of, somebody else, yeah. and it was like I can't do that. Yeah. Like I just like I'm now, yeah. you know, and I was having credit problems at the time. It's like I can't do that. I'm just imagining like, a hilarious scenario where they've got like a starving kid with them, and be like, "So what happens if I don't pay?" It's like, um, <laughs> "Do you feel like eating tomorrow?" <laughs> you don't. You don't need a, a place right, to, but it's like you don't need a place I, to sleep. Right? But again, it's like I'm not the person that's yeah. trying to like honestly yeah. like. I've had good interactions with those people and they're like, you know, I, you know, I've talked to them and be like, you know, I, I was like, I bet you get a lot of people just ignoring you. And like, yeah. yeah, I do. But like, honestly, I'm not here for those people who ignore me. I'm here for the people like you who listen yeah. to me and yeah. like, I actually want to help. And like, I honestly am convinced now that like, for the most part, I'm not that person. Like now I'm like, I can donate this much now. I yeah. cannot commit to anything else. Yeah. And they're usually, they're like, honestly, like, yeah, that doesn't really work for us because we need. And you're talking OnlyFans people, right? Like, like what? <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah. Only okay. I, I can I can buy this month's subscription, <laughs> but I, I can see what you got these days, <laughs> yeah. but not later. But no, but yeah, I mean, like honestly, true. like it's like, like what I still do, and it's what I do with anybody who asks me for money is I listen. Like first, yeah. I'm like I listen. Like what's the what's what's the cause you're working for? I want to know what's happening. Yeah. And they ask me at the end of their spiel because first they don't ask you up front, right? They give you mm-hmm. the spiel of what they're asking for. So I listen, if I have the time, if I have the time, I'm also honest. I'm like, honestly, I would love Usually to listen. Usually you're on the way to work or something. Yeah. And it's like, I'd love to listen, but like, I'm trying to catch this yeah. bus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I can't. And I'm sure they get that line all the time, yeah. but like for also, me. Also, I don't care about Africa. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, it's like, it's, I'll listen and then I'm like, hey, like, honestly, thanks for the work you do. I'm yeah. sure this helps a lot of people. I'm, I can't commit yeah. to that. I'm sorry. And you know, their job is not to be like, to make you feel bad that it's like, yeah. okay, well, thanks, whatever, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Again, it's like you're Back not in the, your box. You're not the person. <laughs> you're not the person they're trying to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think it's hard because like they do prey on the fact that folks feel guilty. Yeah. But like I think if you honestly are aware of where you are at and like what's going on, that you can navigate that pretty, pretty easily. You yeah. Know? And like I don't know. It's not that I don't feel bad every time, and it's yeah. not that I hate fucking interacting with people that I'm not prepared to interact with. But I'm not a huge fan of it. To be but honest. it's like. You have to acknowledge that these are people and it takes a lot of guts to go out there and talk to oh, somebody, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, and I don't have those guts, but it's also you like know. you get the, uh, what's the breast cancer awareness, the pink ribbon. Uh, thing? I don't know what the name of it is, but um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
But yeah, d- did you hear about that whole scandal? Oh no! It's like twenty percent of donations went to the actual cause, and eighty oh, really? percent went to the founder of this of the organization. Yeah, so she and became either a multimillionaire or even a billionaire off the cause. And there's people doing marches well, and all these things and fundraisers. That's, that's where, like, I used to work at Dairy Queen, mm-hmm. and I don't know if all this is completely true, but we used to do this like Children's Miracle Network thing yeah. at Dairy Queen. We'd ask people to donate a dollar, and they get their yeah. name on a balloon. Yeah, we put the balloon up. Balloon. Yeah, we yeah. put the balloon up in the thing and i will not donate to any organization who asks for money at the checkout stand yeah. because what i'm pretty sure happens Tax breaks yes what i'm pretty sure happens is all that money isn't you donating yeah they consider it as the, Their as money. the company donating yeah. money yeah. they get the tax break for the money you donated which yeah and you get I'm your glad name on you said that because i was literally uh, literally going to bring that up next yeah. i think that should be illegal and it's do you know, kind of crazy that that's know, how that works do you know what i, I know. heard about that I was doing some reading on it and it said, uh, somebody said, okay, so this money that I donate, do I get the tax break on that or do you? And they're like, well, if, if you don't ask for the tax break on your 48 cent, like it's like you round up or whatever, a lot lot of like Safeway will be like, do you want to round up for dying children? And it's like, and they like, do you want to (laughs) donate or are you a piece of shit? (laughs) And it's like, okay. Fuck you. Yeah, I'll donate. I mean, I don't know because like I was a, you know, I would work, I worked the register at Dairy Queen and like the people who work at Safeway, honestly, like honestly, it's a button on a screen yeah. these and days. And it should be left as a button and not announce it to right. the whole store. Yeah. But, but so, but I think that, I don't know. I don't know if those people really care no. about whether it's just or not what you they're donate. told to do. Yes. It's yeah. what they're told to do. Um, And sometimes they'll. And if somebody asked me, do you get the tax break or do I? Yeah. I'd be like. I don't know. No, so I, I <laughs> watched like, a I video on it, um, and I think it was like Walmart or something. But like, so do I get the tax break or do you? They're like, well, it's your money. So if you want to claim it, then we won't claim it. But it's like there's no way of tracking How that. How does that there's work? There's no yeah. way of tracking that. And so all it is is a gigantic, gigantic tax break for a company. And a lot of times right. it's places like Walmart or I bet there's probably some for Amazon or something. And we're just giving Jess fuckboy Bezos mm-hmm. a gigantic tax break for which he doesn't even pay already. Yeah. And so, yeah, fuck those things. Right. And the thing is, I, whenever somebody audibly asks, like, do you want to, like, at the fucking general store, I went and oh, when really? I bought the t-shirt, they're like, do you want to round up for this? And I was, it was 20 cents. I was like, yeah, whatever. But I just want to be like, do you know what you're doing? Like, no, I yeah. don't want to fucking donate because it's just a tax break. And then at the, at the same time, you're like, well, the money, if it is, it's actually going to this organization. It so is. it is helping. Right. But it's also hurting. It's like. I mean, I don't know if it's hurting. It's just like. Well, no, it's not hurting, but they're it's. They're just passing along. They're just like. It's giving these corporate yeah. fuck boys a break. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. the argument is that, like, they're actually raising the money, but they're not doing any yeah. effort to raise the you money. You know what I want to know if, yeah, no, it's zero effort. Yeah. And actually, no, it's, there is effort on their part because they know there's a stark benefit to it. There's right. like, we'll definitely, well, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get this tax break. Right. Um, but I want to see what would happen if there was a law where, like, you don't, the company doesn't get the tax break. Mm-hmm. How many of those corporations would remove that yep. from their operations? Like, you know? You know, I was, when I was in high school, uh, we had this debate. We had this debate in our English class, and it was like, I was never the person to, like, talk in English, or any class, really. Yeah. You know, like, but this debate, like, really brought me out, and it was the, are humans inherently good or evil question yeah. oh, right that's and a like deep one it is a deep one it's a, you yeah. know and it's one that obviously never can be answered blah 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 yeah. but like um 
you know, I was on the side of like, I, I at the time I was like on the side of like They're neutral. Good. Oh, okay. Just like people are just people. There's yeah. not a you're good or bad or yeah. what. Like not even like the tabula rasa, like blank slate stuff. Just like, I don't know. As, I guess in the argument, I ended up leaning toward the like people are inherently like not indifferent so, or oh, not okay. so good just because. Because if you look at who are our descendants. Who are not, our descendants? Not not people. I'm saying apes. Oh, or, our our predecessor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our and not descendants. Yeah, our, yeah, yeah. our ancestors. Okay. Yeah, we we yeah. come from un. We're animals. We're, we're animals. animals. Yeah, we're literally animals. So like somebody brought up the whole humans inherently search for God or some other being. Not not so interesting to me. But then somebody was like, look at this. Uh, what do they call it? The rice bowl, the penny drive uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody knows what the rice bowl is, but like yeah. it was basically they'd send you home with this little like Triangle change, thing. like yeah. you'd, you'd build the, the bowl or whatever out of yeah. cardboard. And it'd be this change thing. You put your change in and they collect all the change, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And uh, they were like, look at this charity that like we're all participating in. Like yeah. we're obviously trying to do good for people. And, and I was like, fucking raise my hand. Like, uh-huh. like, that is like the change that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. Like this is like nobody's donating $20. Yeah. Like this is like the change that you collects in a jar or gets lost in it's your room. It's not inconvenient to just toss whatever it's, you got. Right. Your exactly. And it's like, yeah. this is like, it's great for the person who figured out this is money that nobody gives a shit about yeah. that we can put toward good stuff. minimum charity. But the people who are putting the, fucking change in the bowl like aren't the ones like doing the effort right it's like somebody trying to take advantage of of the whole thing but it's like who's trying to take advantage so it's like okay so it's the fact that somebody was like there's a lot of change out there nobody cares about yeah what if we collect all that change and we accumulate it it's actual uh, it's actual good amount of money yeah yeah but they're taking advantage of the fact that people don't care about the change yeah so they can like feel good about putting the change they don't care so about. So the only into person that effort. is applaudable is the guy who came up with the whole scheme. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's possible that that person, yeah. and, I, and I, when it comes to like yeah. Safeway or whoever who asked for that money, yeah. the person who came up with the scheme has an ulterior motive. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. And I don't know. Rice bowl was probably a good thing, but again, it's like inherently that your regular person is not seeking ways to help yeah. folks out. Yeah. You know? And that's, we're bringing it back to the, um, the fact that all of us are barely struggling or we're struggling to barely get by. Everybody would be in a better position to help people if they weren't themselves struggling so much. Sure. You know, because like that's again, that's the whole. And I don't want to say I'm an alt, the most altru- altruistic person in the world, but we've had many conversations about this. The only reason I want to get my shit together is so I can help my family figure their shit out, too. Right. And it's like if if, if I didn't have a family. I'd be fine fucking living alone in the woods and just living a life chill as fuck. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I got a fucking rowdy ass fucked up family. And yeah, I mean, I think this is where folks like Ayn Rand honestly find a like avenue for their personal philosophy. Because I mean, just like to take the interstellar kind of spectrum again. Mm everybody in some case is self-interested right Mm -hmm. it's like you only care about your family because they're your family right and like everybody's spectrum of who they care about varies widely Mm -hmm. and like they're the people who only care about themselves like matt damon in interstellar uh what's his name i don't know what his Uh, name is whatever i don't remember okay but there's matt damon's character who only cares about his survival Mm mm-hmm there are people like Matthew McConaughey, Cooper's character, who cares about his him and his family. His family. That's like as far as his thing reached. Yeah. And there's people like Professor Brand, 
who sacrifice everything for the greater humanity. And you're saying Matthew McConaughey is in the second category because him going on that adventure was self it was a self-interest because he wanted his Him own going adventure, on that adventure right? was self-interested. Yes, but like yeah. in the end, I think he came down for the people he loved. Yes, he came down yes. on the side of like, love is what connects us. Yeah. And like, I care about the people I love. Yeah. And I think what's him and Amelia are like on the yeah. same page when it comes to that. And I think there's like the radical folks, like, you know, the Matthew McConaughey or, uh, uh uh, Matt Bat- Damon's Batman. character oh, okay. who like really only cares about themselves. Yeah. I think people understand that the self-interest of themselves. But do you and, think like, he was originally like that or do you think it transformed him that experience? Cause he, he was probably a fairly, I think honestly, I think when, I mean, they talk about Amelia even says like he was the best of us. I yeah. think in the beginning he wanted to be this hero for Wait, was everybody. She, was she talking about him or her lover? No, she was talking about him. Dr. Oh, okay. Mann, I think actually. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Um, and she was like, he was the best of us. Like uh-huh. he, like all these people who went out to look at their planets, like yeah. they knew they might not come back. Yeah. Right. And I think like Mike Damon says, like, I never even, I, yeah, I, like, you know, you, that idea is out there that you might not be, like, you might not come back yeah. and you might just be going to a desolate world. But he says, I'm, I never even considered the fact that, that my planet wasn't. wasn't the one. Yeah. And when he's confronted with that, he I think he panics. said, I never really considered sure. yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, Minor no, it's yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's confronted with like the when he gets there and he realizes his planet is desolate. He's like, "That's the end." But also, there's he's, nobody he's, coming to save me. He 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 says in the movie, "I tried, like I tried to keep it together." But he's like that button. I I knew that there's a button I that I could that if button, I press that button, someone, someone will come, come save yeah, me. Yeah, right. And, and he said he held off and. You know, yep. that's why I, I, I don't why. hate the guy. I don't hate that character. No, I, I think people I, I, can yeah. understand that. People yeah. understand that self-interested preservation yeah. thing. Yeah. And for someone like him, and it, it, Jack could have pushed it's, Rose off. It's the very much. <laughs> <laughs> I know if I push this. Bitch, uh, Titanic is a whole other thing. We talked about how Titanic, you, <laughs> yeah. you have a very different view of Titanic, but yeah. uh, like, I think that like people understand that drive. Yeah. And when confronted with a situation, it wasn't just his, like, cause he had a sense that he was doing a greater good yeah. for everybody. But I think it was all through the focus of him being the, being the hero, hero for yeah, everybody. Yeah. You know, and once that was like really put in stark Evident contrast, that he wasn't. Yeah, and it was clear that he wasn't that person. But yeah. I think that Matthew McConaughey is the kind of person who would sacrifice himself yeah. to do any good yeah. for, and I think like he had the same problem where like he wanted to be the explorer and like mm. help humanity when it came down to it it was all about his family yeah it was all about the people he loved and he Just would chills. he would give his life for his daughter possibly yeah. surviving or yeah. you know whatever and then there's folks like professor brand who like had the terrible decision of like yeah. there's no way i can save everybody here yeah there's a possibility i can save humanity as a whole and like i'm going to like do that and be the villain in my yeah. own story yeah you know and he went to the grave believing that he was the villain yeah you know in a certain way and like those that's the spectrum of like who your broad like self-interested like your self-interest and Ayn Rand even says this your self-interest can extend to other people but mm-hmm. it's still self-interest so, well that's uh the the wise Phoebe from Friends said there's <laughs> yeah. no such thing. Do you remember that episode? I don't, but I, or the, I don't know what you're saying. To say, she sorry. was saying basically there's no such thing as altruism. Mm. Like every action there is that a, you, there is a lie. That's a very like 
real really? stance people have. Yeah. She was saying like, there's no such thing as a good deed that isn't self-serving. Mm-hmm. Like everything you do, even if it's like you give somebody food or something, it's to make yourself feel better mm-hmm. about yourself. Right. And it's like they went through this whole episode of a chain like, well, I'm doing this. And they're like, OK, you're doing that to prove the point, which is going to make you win, which is like this. Right. And it's like I'm raising money for this. And it's like, OK, that makes you feel better about yourself. And it's right. like there's this whole line. And I don't know what the ending was, but. Sure. And I've thought about that myself, too. But I, when I thought about that myself, I come to the to the fact of like, what's wrong with that? Well, isn't it kind of great or interesting that like humans have developed social connections enough to the point where somehow helping somebody else is, is beneficial to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if self-interest is the only way, and I think this, it is a very like libertarian Ayn Rand sort of thinking of like, isn't it great how you can help other people by helping yourself? Yeah. And I like, I see that as a benefit in some ways, but I, I think that it misses to focus on the fact that you should only help yourself gives people an out yeah like I, and that's like i think that's some of my my qualms with jordan peterson it's like oh, like <laughs> i think you're completely <laughs> misreading no, but, no, him. but i but i think again it's like there's nothing wrong with jordan peterson yeah. as a person we really but, need to do a peterson but episode. but his philosophy that he espouses that i feel like by. gives people i'm not even saying anything uh-huh. about him i'm uh-huh. saying what he says gives other people an excuse because uh-huh. what ayn rand says gives other people an excuse to say well I don't need to care about that because I'm only interested in myself and what affects me. And I can yeah. come up with reasons why this doesn't affect me. So mm-hmm. I don't have to give a shit about that. Uh, like, it's like, you're not doing enough to help yourself. So yeah. that is your problem. And that's, I feel yeah. like was what the issue is because it denies. I don't like how you group Ayn Rand. It and den- denies the interconnectedness. I, I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. I have thought through libertarian thought and I feel libertarianism is a very, useful yeah like and it's a very important voice especially in american thinking yeah because we are a very individualist country i just don't think that it it should be like the ideal for who we are Mm -hmm. or how anybody is yeah but it's an important like thing to like think about you know but i think his point is more so you're less likely to have the ability to help others if your situation is a mess and also you could likely do more damage than mm-hmm. than good if you're not aware of your own situation your capabilities so it's like yeah it's like the don't go help somebody unless you really it's like it's like if somebody's in an accident mm-hmm. and you try to move them and it like permanently damages their spine because right. you didn't know what you were doing then the it, versus a paramedic who's like don't touch can touch him we're going to find a way to get him on a stretcher and move his body properly so that it doesn't cause permanent. That's a, that's a real situation that sure. applies to real life. It's like if you want to go take in a homeless person off the street, it's like you better know what you're doing and have the means to properly, you know, help them detox, help them work through their mental struggles, help them do all that stuff. Otherwise, you could just fuck them up more. Do you feel like there are a lot of Jordan Peterson acolytes who like are trying to solve the homelessness problem, though? Or are there more people who follow Jordan Peterson who are like trying to teach homeless people to get their own shit together? I, I, I think like that's where it's like, I think we talked about last time where it was like his message is supposed to be focused or not focused, but up. it's yeah. supposed to be applicable to, to the, the worst, situation. to the worst situation. Yeah. But if you just like raise the floor a little bit and be mm-hmm. like people of means, people who have their room clean, yeah. like go out and help people who can't, 
you but don't I think, have the I think time that's also room. in the message as well. I think I it is, I don't think but I don't think that's what people hear. Yeah. I, that's, I and that's that. my worry is what people are capable of understanding. And I like, yeah. I think for you, you're able to get a lot out of it because you're so community minded and like mm-hmm. for the greater good type of person. Yeah. But I think for somebody who like, like really is just, who even just struggles in their own right to like, get their own shit together. Yeah. It helps them get their shit together. But once that happens, they mm. expect everybody else to be able to do the same. I don't think so. Cause we've talked about this, this whole bubble before of mm. like fix yourself. If you have energy left over, help right. your family. If you have energy left over, help your friend and just keep expanding your bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but why doesn't he go after the billionaire trillionaire people? Why isn't um, he like, like a Bernie type, like you have your room clean, you have your community, your family is set. Yeah. You are wasting your resources trying to go to um, fucking space. Goddamn Jeff yeah. Bezos. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. like, how is that helping anybody? I don't know. Again, we, we're going to have to, um, fucking hell. We're going to have to have, a, we really should have a Peter. Snap sure. Episode. Yeah. I would love to. I'd I know. To. I know you're not too interested in him. Oh, I know. Again, I'm not. It's I not do my think you're I, a little I, com- I mean, I would like to engage with it, but yeah. like I, I sit in a very particular you know, corner of the this, room. This symptom that uh, was going around when Trump was in office of because Trump was such an asshat, you wanted to disregard everything he said, and people did that all the time, even if by chance he happened to say something wise or that was a good point, and mm-hmm. they would disregard it just because it was coming out of his mouth. Right. And I feel like there's a little bit of that going on with Peterson in your view of him. I mean, I think it's the whole like a broken clock is right twice a day uh, type thing yeah. where it's like, is, is it, is it the case that when Trump happens to say something correct uh-huh. that n- nobody else is like, he's, is he the only is one he, saying yeah, that yeah, thing? Yeah. Because there are plenty of other people you could listen but sometimes, to. Sometimes, sometimes he is the only one saying that thing. There have been some cases. I, mean, um, I guess I don't know. I think, the cases, I think like the lab leak theory of, we the Wuhan thing. Yeah, we don't need to get in Corona talk. I actually want to take an intermission because I want okay. to. I'm fiending for a smoke, as sure. we've seen. Um, and we can do another shot. Yeah, is that good? Yeah, we can uh, come back and talk about maybe something else. Let's, about uh, horoscopes. Take a That's break. I, I would love for. to talk about astrology. Uh, uh, astrology and possibly the non-existence of Jesus Christ, because we oh, all agree that he. Never it's just topical for us right now. So. We'll be back. Okay. I think this is a, a really good. We're back. Those are, the bad, those are not the right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to commiserate. <laughs> to commiserate? I don't know. I don't Jesus. know words. All right. Uh, well, before we were talking about Jordan Peterson. Yeah, Rand. but I think we want to get into astrology. The dirty word of astrology. Is it a dirty book. word? Because uh, honestly, so Peterson fancies himself as a Jungian, mm-hmm. uh, even an Ichian, and uh, Jung was very interested in astrology. But also, how long ago did Jung live? He lived in the late 1800s or, or early 1900s. I mean, born mm-hmm. early, uh, late yeah. 1800s. But um, you know, he was a contemporary of Freud, mm-hmm. um, and like it was around the time that like. I think it was around the time that this whole concept of like vitalism was kind of alive where like the whole idea of like the ether and like this kind of 
uh, wispy, like sort of like life force in mm-hmm. terms of like thinking about the world was out there. But the time when they believed in an ether. Jung was, yeah. <laughs> well, Jung was like a very esoteric, yeah, like very like and I guess semi mystic in some uh-huh. ways. But like hard, he would consider himself an empiricist. So like, is very okay. Here's a question: Do you think he would be into astrology today? I think he would have an it's analog. A pretty rational person. I think right? there would. I think there would be an analog to it today, and he would be open to the the unquantifiable. So he was all yes. about he was all about observation. So a lot of his findings and studies were things that he saw in the patients he had. There was no system yet mm-hmm. to like structure the conversation about. Um, but see, oh, so here's the thing: the, the the issue I have with astrology. One of the issues mm-hmm. is that okay, so it's like the stars have changed in the last that or the like whatever, however many years, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, all the time. Yeah. And when was astrology created or developed, I guess, sure. a long time ago. So the signs from that time are going to have moved. Okay. How about, how about you now. start about how, what, for, for you, what is astrology to you? Well, it, to, from my understanding, it's like the, the placement of stars and planets and celestial bodies have an effect on who you are as a person, depending on what period in And you're thinking like time causal effect. Yeah. Okay. And so it's like... It's like all those memes of like, I'm a Libra, so this, this, it's like, no, you're just a shitty person. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure, sure. and people can use it as an excuse to behave in whatever manner they wish. Right. And it's, I don't see how Mercury being in retrograde or whatever can have any effect on an individual right. or the placement of planets or stars or anything. How mm-hmm. could, that's like saying Alex is at his house right now instead of at work, so... I'm behaving differently than I right. normally would. Yeah. Well, how does that have any fucking effect? Uh, on me? You know, Carl Sagan has a very similar view of astrology. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I don't know when I first saw this and I haven't always been open to astrology. Um, but um, his, he has this whole refutation of astrology mm-hmm. where his understanding is very uh, astrolo- uh, astronomical. Yeah. Uh, and what, what is, Neil deGrasse Tyson, what is he's an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist, astrophysicist. Yeah. So he thinks a lot about and uh, a boss. The, the <laughs> <laughs> yes, the he thinks a lot about the the physical forces exerted on celestial bodies and people and things yeah. like that. So uh, Carl Sagan's whole argument against astrology was um, the gravitational force of a like celestial of a, yeah, yeah of any planet is less than the force of people around them because because mass you know mass effects we all have a gravitational pull to some extent it's not great obviously for people you know for you and me because like we're not like you know somehow but if if if, if you and i were the only things like at all in existence and we were on opposite sides of the galaxy Mm -hmm. eventually we would be pulled together unless you're at a uh, a breaking point where it's too sure, far. Sure, where there was no effect. But if there's yeah. even a slight, slight, slight pull, right? Eventually, if there we'll were two bodies, if there were two bodies in space, mm-hmm. if there was Jupiter and there was Saturn mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. they might eventually start orbiting. No, they probably other definitely collide. Yeah, depending on obviously their yeah know, the reach. If yeah it, yeah uh, yeah, but his his statement was like the doctor that delivered you at birth had yeah. greater gravitational effect on you yeah. than any other planet and or star yeah. in the solar system. 
And that was his like kind of refutation of astrology. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, I opened up myself to astrology um, when I got into like understanding temperaments, psychological mm-hmm. temperaments of people yeah. um, and understanding it as just a language by which we can describe how people are different mm-hmm. temperamentally. Yeah. And, I mean, temperaments in the way of like certain people are more prone to anger. Or people are mm-hmm. more prone. Like uh, even the ancient Greeks had like four temperaments, which like I would ag- sanguine. And I don't remember all. Of them I would agree that 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 is probably true. But what does that have to do with outside bodies affecting right. us? So here's mind. the thing about astrology. Uh, so, I mean, like we live in the 21st century where we can't even see the night sky or the stars mm-hmm. in yeah. any sense of magnitude that our yeah. ancestors did. Yeah. Like, which is a tragic loss. It is a tragic yeah. loss. There was a time when you could look up at the sky anywhere in the earth and like observe the Milky awe. Way. Yeah. Like you could the see the galaxy you in could which we see live. The in. galaxy, the, the disc of yeah. the galaxy in yeah. the sky. And you cannot see that yeah. like in most, most cities and like, most yeah. towns. You know, yeah. it's like there's just too much light pollution to do that. The whole, like people were so transfixed by the stars. Yeah. And I would love to go into some time. Isaac Asimov's short story that turned into a novel for him mm-hmm. about uh, a, a different planet that had no night. Like night only happened once every uh, 2000 years. Yeah. And like that, oh man, like it's an interesting thought experiment to do. But I was um, literally just yesterday looking at some videos of, I think it was Greenland or Iceland. Mm-hmm. There's a period where it's daylight 24 seven. Even, I mean, I think in even Alaska, you know, in Alaska yeah. has it too. Yeah. yeah. They, where the sun never period really sets. of, it, like it gets to twilight sometimes. Yeah, like that. and there's yeah. periods of it's like that. I think it's forty days in that vampire movie. But there's periods yeah. of no daytime right. and periods of no nighttime. Which right, is weird. Anyway, it's crazy. Continue. Uh, so like you As know, you know, our ancestors were so uh, transfixed on the stars. Yeah, and if you think of the stars as a celestial clock mm. at a time when clocks weren't yeah like a thing, you know, really. Well, we probably based time today off of sure our oh yeah that, that's how we you know, rising and, and i think i think that's of, like folks like Jung and other folks who look at our history think about the fact that we forged our way of talking about things and thinking about things in a time where we didn't have the tools and instruments that we have now yeah. and that impacted the way we think about things mm-hmm. even even have you seen arrival no okay. everybody keeps telling me that's, to watch it. so that's where like you know it's like the way we talk and think about things is impacted by like the language we use and the tools we have yeah. and things like that. Um, but so I started thinking about astrology in terms of basically there is a celestial clock, mm-hmm. right? And it's a way of matching this clock we have in terms of the stars up to epochs and like basically natural human, like Moments sociological evolution, yeah. right? So it's like, it, it seems like the way society has, evolved and and maybe it's different now Mm -hmm. but it seems like every so many years we have some sort of revolution in thinking yeah right and like maybe that happens based on some biological clock some Mm -hmm. like social sociological clock of like you know societal tipping points yeah right so it's like like it seems like every 60 years like Mm -hmm. there happens to be this swell of like people like become discontent with the way things were blah 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 but that happens to line up with the stars in the sky Mm. so you say like I forget it's like Uranus or Neptune or something is this like revolution that happens every 60 years that lines up with like really revolutionary times. Mm -hmm. So then people started mapping the times basically in history. Yeah. Like of like the, 
sociological epochs with some sort of to them objective clocks yeah. in the sky and it's like every so often this happens every so often this mm-hmm. happens people are evolving along this kind of tract yeah and like astrology kind of looks at the stars as a clock in the sky as a way to explain how people might be born in a certain time mm. you know what i mean yeah a certain stage in that development of the epoch right yeah, yeah. so it's it's not that like there's a gravitational influence or mm-hmm. direct causal influence. And that was like Jung's whole thing was he was really interested in this a causal connectedness of the universe. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that a little bit in terms of synchronicity of like, you know, it seems like you have dreams about something or you start thinking about something so much and it happens. Yeah. And like, there's a weird coincidence in that yeah. case. And it's not like you made it happen, but mm-hmm. it's like almost like you were attuned to something. Yeah. And it, then it just happened to be true. But what's the whole causation versus, what is the term? A causal? Causation versus, correlation versus causation. Sure. And I think that was what Jung was trying to crack in terms of astrology. And like, so have you ever Mm -hmm. seen uh, Ghostbusters? A long time ago. Okay, so in Ghostbusters, uh, I think think Bill Murray's character is Peter Venkman. Mm -hmm. Um, He tries to go through this ESP experiment of like, can you tell what this card is, mm-hmm. you know, without you seeing it? I'm just thinking of that video we watched. Which one? The Nathan for you. The mind oh, oh, the one. mind. Yeah. No, that wasn't Nathan for you. That was uh, Prank Encounters. Oh, yeah, Prank Encounters. <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, Carl Jung did similar experiments. Yeah. In seeing if people could somehow attune to something, like, out. Like, he never said it was, yeah, but like. Newton also experimented with alchemy. And look what that got him. It got but, him fucking mercury poisoning. And drove him insane. alchemy, like, honestly, like, alchemy was something else that Jung was interested in. Yeah. And it was a real science until the scientific revolution came around. Yeah. But this is, that's kind of my point in that it was the thing that was around till the real better thing came along. Sure. You know? But does that mean you discount everything before? No. You count it as an iteration, a previous iteration of a more improved like, again, as we go back to, like, yeah. is Newtonian physics obsolete? Like, no, because there is some, yeah. there is some practical yeah. application of it. Yeah. But right. it also still stands. I feel like astrology doesn't still stand. And also, okay, here, have, stands you ever seen those, what, have you ever seen those tests where it's like uh, they blindly read people horoscopes, but they mm-hmm. say, this is your horoscope, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, that, that applies to me. And it's like, this wasn't your horoscope. This was a fucking hmm. Sagittarius, whatever. Sure. And they did that to a... a bunch dawkins actually has a whole segment well on here's the thing about astrology is that like the f- like you hear what you want to hear no yeah sure but the the horoscope thing is like where are those horoscopes coming from uh-huh. because it's an interpretive thing yeah it's again it's like it's not scientific it's an interpretive thing so the people who create the horoscopes have to be interpreting yeah. the signs that they're reading uh-huh right so it's like Certain people who read horoscopes are better and than And the people, people who are writing them are people who believe in horoscopes. <laughs> sure. I guess, yeah, I'm just curious, like, what's <laughs> hey your... Like, so, I think astrology is, is like, very valuable. What's the difference between astrology and fortune-telling? I, okay, so... Subjective. So, I would say astrology, in its worst form, is attempting to predict the future. Yeah. Astrology, in its best form, is giving people tools to understand themselves Mm -hmm. like so if i i'm a virgo Mm -hmm. i Uh, i never thought i would hear those fucking words out of your mouth oh really yeah because you didn't think i was a virgo or because no (laughs) 
Because I so, didn't think you believed in the hog walk. No, so I'm not. Astrology. I'm not an astrology person yeah, at yeah. all. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, like in in so in in the same sense that I'm a scientific person, in the same sense that I'm a religious person. Yeah, I am open to listening to what those people yeah. have to say. And I, maybe I'm a bit. It's it's an, yeah. it's an interesting conversation for me to have with those people. And so far as how you've explained it, it makes it's a bit more understandable. Sure. Um, I, again, but I, I don't think astrology again, as you see it is how 90% of the yes, people see it. And this it. is how, maybe this is the and same thing if we're like, it's like fortune most, cookie most astrology. Most people who read Jordan Peterson don't understand. Yes. I was going to make that analogy. What he actually. really understands. Yeah, I was literally going to make really, that analogy. What he's really saying. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. Right. And if it works for you, it works for you. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's valuable to have a way of explaining the way you are in relation to other people. So do you view it as a helpful tool or a factual m- mode of thinking? I view it as a it's, rich... We're, we're, we're rounding about to the religious debate again. I view, <laughs> I view it as a rich language uh. to describe like temperament and personality. Like, so here, yeah. if, I, if I asked you, Tony, how would you describe yourself? What would okay. you say? Yeah, I'm going to do this and then tell me if it lines up at all with what a Libra would be. I don't know what astrology. I don't know astrology enough. That's the thing. It's like, oh, I'm okay. not, I don't, I don't okay. really study astrology. I don't know enough. Well, where were you going with that question then? I'm just curious how you describe yourself. Um, anxious. Okay. Very anxious. Mm-hmm. I like to think I'm sympathetic and empathetic. Um, I have some OCD-like qualities in terms of overthinking myself into a rut and also i've developed physical tics as a result of those which i try to hide a lot um uh i'm always in a state of worry and again that's just another way of describing anxiousness um i try to do my best on a daily basis to be a healthier well-intentioned version of myself with the hopes of bettering my life which will hopefully better those around me. It's a very open-ended question. Right. So, uh, and right. Describing yourself is very hard. Right. Um, but I am neurotic. Um, I like to think I'm somewhat artistic, and but very bad at it. Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. So I feel like you used a lot of psychological and social terms to describe who you are, right? Hmm. Which is just like as as like a language that we have all adopted in mm-hmm. terms of like describing people in yeah. general. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that language is perfectly intelligible to other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might be a little honestly like cliche in mm-hmm. certain ways where it's like, like there are a lot of people who might think they're the same way as you. Yeah. Like, especially when people are like, I'm anxious or right. I'm neurotic. Like right. I have OCD. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Do you feel like, and I feel like, shitty even saying those things sometimes I, but do you feel like every person who might describe themselves the same way that you do yeah you would be the same like would you see a mirror of yourself yeah i would see like a lot of people saying those same things yeah. but do you feel like you are the same person no as those people no i'm uh, i think we're all a mixed match uh, right yeah. yeah so like i personally like as I would consider myself a Jungian of sorts. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, only in the terms of like he tried to describe personalities and in, in the you know he had his own system yeah. of like personality kind of typing. But like, I would say that like the way you're describing yourself is a way a lot of people might describe themselves. Mm-hmm. But it only gets at the way you kind of like express yourself 
or like you may maybe like you seem to yourself or express yourself outwards mm-hmm. like that's how people tend to describe themselves as like what do i feel a lot of the time mm-hmm. or how do people see me a lot of the time yeah or like what is my use in the world mm-hmm. um have you ever seen anger management with uh a thousand times and Adam i actually Sandler? just watched it last month with my dad and it was and, we watch it about and, once uh, or twice a year jack, jack nicholson. nicholson yeah um he always he asks him like who are you yeah right isn't yeah. he and he's like he gives his name he's like no no, no and ask what your name is yeah asking, who who are you and he's i'm like, fucking no <laughs> that's what he says yeah yeah and it's like it's that same question i said like, over <laughs> i love that line <laughs> but like he, he i sh- feel stunning he feels stunning <laughs> <laughs> but he struggles to describe who he is yeah. in an authentic way yeah. it's like no i didn't ask what your name is. Yeah. I didn't ask what job you do. Yeah. I asked, who are you? But I love Adam Sandler's like tempered explosive stuff. Like, oh, fuck no. Like, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to scream, but he wants to get out the aggression. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that's the struggle. And, I like, am being calm. It's, it's like, what if I was like, I didn't ask what your neuroses are. I didn't oh, ask what your psychological man. state who is. Who are you? I Tony? didn't ask, yeah. like, you know, like how people yeah. see you or what you like to do. Yeah. Like, Tony, who are you? Oh, God. Like, that's the question, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, I think that, like, if you want a deeper explanation, there are plenty of different, like, yeah. systems and languages to describe It's also a bottomless pit if you just keep going and going, like, sure. who are you? I didn't ask your name. I didn't ask right. what you do. It's, an, un- the, yeah. it's an unanswerable question. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But again, it's like, it's just, it's just another language with which to describe who you yeah. are. And, like, so, and astrology goes beyond, like, but so what, your sun sign. Yeah. There's a whole chart that describes that like, so like it's basically like, you know, like where, what sign was in mm. what alignment when you were yeah. born. It's like, there's so many different aspects to it. Yeah. Right. And like for, for people who really study astrology, like knowing your whole chart explains yeah. a little bit more to it. Vomit. Yeah. I just, yeah. And it's just like, I, I do need to be open more. Open more than I just like, yeah. Maybe you're not interested in describing yourself in a more, you know, robust way. But that's, that's the thing. It goes back to the, how, what are your feelings about that study where they read people miscellaneous signs and said, this is your sign. And then when they said, yeah, that's, that's me. And it's like, this wasn't your sign. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think it could it's, be, I think it's, it's very fortunate. I think it's a mixture of people grasping for meaning yeah. and people trusting people like kind of errantly yeah because there are also people and i've encountered this since i've been into like personality psychology is that people will outright deny anything told about them yeah they'll be like well you know like i kind of see you as like if i told you like so in terms of Mm myers-briggs you know the kind of the union background of like yeah i think you're an enfp it's like well that doesn't no i'm not that's not me yeah like it's like okay well like i'm just telling you what i observe and how, you know, it's like, it's me, it's, it it's, be, it's an interpretive thing of like, you know, I think it just based on the way you act and the way you are, it seems like you're this type of person. And if you're like, no, 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 no that's not me. Yeah, that's not me. Then like, what does that mean? If everybody rejected it, like what if, what if in the study you, you got a bunch of people who like were really against any sort of typology like and they were like, no, 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 that doesn't yeah, describe me. I just that could describe anybody. Everything you say, and then what does that prove? Right? Like, does that prove all of a sudden that astrology is real? Like, no, it's just this. I don't know. It's a very specific study to disprove a certain thing. So, um, it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are on Peterson's big five personality traits are. Um, this is, just, but it's another personality. Yeah, typology. Yeah, yeah. Um, openness to experience 
conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, neuroticism. And I don't know if he per se developed these, but I think he might have. Um, or maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, I wish there was a thing that ran through them all. Hmm. I don't know if this is exactly interesting for the viewers, but... Um, I mean, so but he's he talks a lot about how it's replaced the Myers Briggs. Here's here's so here's what I say to people who are very skeptical. There's two things I say. Uh-huh. So the one typology everybody seems to be okay with these days, at least in America. I don't know how it works abroad, but like everybody seems to be okay with the Type A Type B typology. Mm-hmm. So like if I said to you, do you feel like you're Type A or Type B? Do you know mm-hmm. what that means? No. Okay, so Type A people are like very like strict they want to like keep everything to a schedule they're like Mm. a little bit anxious all the time they want to make sure everything's kind of nailed down and like really like on edge right now i'm leaning towards that but i want to know what type b is type b is like the laid back honestly i would say you're type b but like Uh like laid back but did i prove to be type b at the start of the live stream honestly i would say you proved to be type b because you didn't worry about it until things went wrong (laughs) like (laughs) you weren't like okay how do we got to make sure everything's right we got to make sure everything's going got to make sure like what's what's what happens if this happens what happens if this happens okay when are we going to start yeah what's the schedule like how long are we going for what are we going to do like what's like they're the people who create itineraries yes i'm very much not that. and there's folks who don't create itineraries can you be in the middle consider type b of course there's a spectrum okay yeah of course there's a spectrum i feel like i'm leaning but sure yeah, some A in there. So most people don't have a problem being typed yeah. as type A or type yeah. B. In fact, yeah. it's almost like a flippant thing people say. It's like kind of yeah. like the right brain, left brain thing, uh-huh. which has been scientifically discounted. Yeah. But people can still describe people that way, right brain or left brain. Mm. Right. So people seem to accept typology to some degree in the same way that Greeks accepted four different temperaments mm-hmm. in like the human personality. Yeah. Well, I think I've told you this story in the past, um, but I remember when I was little, probably like, 10 or 12 and I remember saying to my dad I was like you know it kind of seems like groups of people personality types behave very similarly like mm-hmm. almost like and this was back when I was religious I was like like God made us into like groups of people sure and my dad I just remember be like everybody's the same it's like it's like <laughs> we're, we're just all people huh. but I, I think there was something to that in recognizing yeah. that that like I there are there are I mean, many people that have very similar temperaments to right. me. I think about the high school dynamic of being able to group people into jocks, nerds, mm. whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, however that stereotypical thing works. That's yeah. a typology. Yeah. That is a way of typing people into a certain group. And again, it's like just, it's how the human brain functions. So the other thing I say to people who are skeptical of typologies of any sort is that like, think about color, right? Color? Color. Oh, color. Yeah. Color. Yeah. There is an infinite amount of different colors, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. like there's not only a spectrum. You could stretch out the spectrum. Yeah. And, and not only that, there's, there's a beyond the spectrum yeah. we can see, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, no two blues Infrared are ever and, the same. Yeah. And not only are no two blues the same, it depends on the lighting. It depends on the conditions, whatever and you're seeing on top of. physical tool, your eye versus my eye sure. that's viewing it. Yeah. Right. It, could be, it could be as close to the exact same. Right. Or we could be looking at the exact same blue, right. like a strip of blue. Exactly. And your version of it is going to be different. And that's one. a great yeah. analogy. Yeah. So there's an infinite amount of different colors. In uh-huh. the same way, there's probably an infinite amount of personalities or yeah. an infinite amount of different people that could exist, mm-hmm. right? But we have no problem in saying these colors are red, Yeah. mostly. Yeah. You know, like, of course, there's borderline cases. Yeah. These colors are blue. 
Mm-hmm. These colors are basically yellow. Yeah. Like we have no problem grouping them into like groups, yeah. right? So it's like, why do we have that same issue? And honestly, I think the, the issue is that like people don't like to be told who they are. Mm-hmm. Of course they don't. Yeah. Nobody does. But like, how do you describe who you are then? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you identify with this group of people yeah. more or it's this usually group in relation? Are you to... a more bluish person or a more reddish yeah. person? Right. It's like, even if you acknowledge that there is an infinite amount, like you are an individual. Nobody is like mm-hmm. Tony Peterson, the person sitting before me right yeah. now. Nobody is like that person. I'm not saying anybody is like you. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that like, you're kind of like this set of people. Yeah. Like you have more in common with this set of people. But where than those does set of people. the moon's placement come into that? Again, the astrology thing is just a rich language with yeah. which to talk about that sort yeah. of thing. And like, if so, you're using like, like, it again, if you're using it as a tool rather than factual information to base your right. life on, sure. I think there's a big difference in that. Yeah, yeah. And I think folks who like think it's a science are, yeah. are like, don't really understand what's being said. Yeah. I mean, I would say that personally, but I would see, I would say that the type of people, the, the percentage of people that look at astrology the way you do is probably in the like 3%. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah. I, I agree with that too. But I think that like, I mean, I worked with a kid at the group home I worked at who like, while I was there kind of really got into astrology uh-huh. and it was really an avenue with which to talk about how he behaved, and understand how himself. he acted and how yeah. he was different from other people. Yeah. And like that was, there was no other way because like he'd heard all of the, like he, he kind of typed himself as like a troublemaker. He typed mm-hmm. himself as like somebody who causes problems, how yeah. nobody likes, you know, this kind of thing. The way you speak to yourself. Right. Yeah. Speak and, about yourself. And like the, the greatest thing I found when I like, did you let, of, did you let a eight year old coerce you into be- believing in astrology? No, 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 no. I'm kidding. But, but, but like <laughs> the thing I found when I started trying to find a language to how to describe myself was a complete piece of knowing that like, I'm different from most people. Yeah. And like, I'm just as valid as yeah. like a t- person as anybody mm-hmm. else. Like I am the way I am. And I don't have to be like anybody else because like, I'm just a different temperament. Yeah. I have a different temperament. It's part of who I am physically, psychologically, biologically. And that makes it okay to be who I am. Yeah. And I think the struggle with anybody. And what I told this kid was like, you know, people tell you that he, he was a Gemini. Mm-hmm. People tell you that Gemini's are two faced, uh, you know, there's something yeah. wrong with Gemini. Kendrick's a Gemini. Uh, is he? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I know yeah. he's an ISFJ, but like, uh, uh, like, but okay. So that's a good question. Uh-huh. When you look at the Myers Briggs, can you make a connection between Myers Briggs personality typing and horoscope? Astrology? I think they all have a different frame. And like, from what I've, what I've understood between the two is that Myers Briggs is more of a, uh, Gemini personality type thing Kendrick. in terms of like external versus internal mm-hmm. and like, astrology deals more with like the internal drives like yeah. who you are at like a core kind of subconscious level mm-hmm. and the personality type is more of a conscious psychological level which is why Jung was able to study it is because he was observing how people acted how they perceived yeah. the world he never he never conjectured to say like like this is what drives you as a yeah. person. It's oh, like no, no, no. no. It's not, this is what, this isn't like what drives you. This is how you like express yourself. Yeah. This is how you think things work. Mm-hmm. Like this is how you're describing things to me. It was like very external type. I would of like. Thinking. We should probably close it out in a little bit. Sure, but yeah. I would like to just do a quick run through. Sorry if this isn't interesting, guys. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> um, but okay, so 
Big five. Have you heard about the big fives? Uh, That's no, what they I call them. Okay, so there's there's a list and then there's a quick run through of these. So let's just mm. go through. So conscientiousness, impulsive, disorganized versus disciplined, careful, agreeableness, suspicious, uncooperative versus trusting, helpful, neuroticism, calm, confident versus. So this is describing the spectrums. I'm assuming. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. So the opposite ends of each spectrum. Five different, like basically. Uh, Metrics by which. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, so neuroticism, calm, confident versus anxious, pessimistic, openness to experience, prefers routine, practical versus imaginative, imaginative and spontaneous, reserve, uh, extroversion, reserved, thoughtful versus sociable and fun loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should actually we should take both the Myers-Briggs and the big five and see if there's any right. matchup um, again it's an interpretation thing though so the test you take yeah. might vary who you, what, what you score um, so should we look at this or the so conscientiousness describes a person's ability to regulate their impulse control in order to engage in goal-directed behaviors it measures elements such as control inhibition and persistency of behavior yeah this is a lot to go through sure um um, I guess, like, do you feel like this is describing something useful? I haven't done the test or anything okay. like that, so I haven't really gone through it. Um, right. But Peterson claims that it is more accurate and of use than Myers-Briggs. And I don't know. That's yet to be. I guess it depends on what your use is. And I think that's the whole question is, yeah. like, what are you trying to describe? And also, if you choose to believe this, that could direct your way of seeing yourself and could influence totally, how totally, you totally, are. Totally, you yeah. Know? And that's like that taking on any sort of philosophy. And like, I've really been interested lately into um, the narratives people tell about themselves mm-hmm. and seeing kids at a very young age start to create. It's like you were describing that, that child who yeah. views himself as. Right. If you start, dis- if you create a narrative about who you are mm-hmm. and like, and it happens really young. And you start to believe that's who you are. That impacts how your entire life will yeah. go. Just yeah. based on how you perceive yourself, which is based off of how other so people see self, who you are. Yeah. That's yeah. why self-talk is so important. Like yeah. the way you speak about yourself mm-hmm. and the way you view yourself. Because you could really propel yourself into different sides of sure. where your life could be. Totally. And that's, that's what I'm bad about. It's like, I think we've talked about in previous episodes, like would you talk to a friend the way you talk to, up to yourself? And mm-hmm. a lot of myself is like negative talk to myself. Like I'm a loser. I'm a deadbeat. I'm bad at art. I'm bad at everything I do. Like I suck and all this stuff. It's like, would yeah. you ever tell your friend all of those things? Like you right. suck. Some you're shitty. Per- yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I, th- I mean, I think- but if they're your real friend, I don't think you sure. do that. Yeah. Not of like, yeah, I guess I'm a true friend. But mm-hmm. like, so I think what I was saying and what maybe connects it to this is that mm-hmm. uh, the whole thought behind astrology for me and toward even like the Jungian conception of the personality is this like accepting who you are. So with mm-hmm. that kid, it was like, you're a Gemini. And like for him, but what if who you, th- sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. What if who you think you are is something negative like that kid? And right. what if, what if his accepting, I'm just a piece of shit, you know? But no, here's the thing is like, I don't think astrology ever describes as much as people hate Scorpios. That's another thing. There's no negative. Like if you're a Libra, you're an asshole. Right. Well, there's the thing is like, I think people, people generally think of Scorpios as negative. Oh, or people generally think of Gemini's as negative. But I think if you really looked at 
how the archetype is described, there is no inherently negative aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. Right. So I told that kid, I was like, you know, people say all this shit about Gemini's, how they're two faced, mm -hmm. blah, 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 how they cause problems. They're mischievous. Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, you know, Loki is a mischievous archetype mm -hmm. of sorts. If you He's accept, who, of if you, yeah, if you accept who you are and yeah, and that's the whole thing of like, our archetypes in history. That's mythologically exactly speaking. what we're talking about in terms of Loki's view of himself. He's like, well, I, I am, I'm have to, it's in my nature to right. be this. But I'm the God like, of mischief. Not to know, not to say I know anything about Hinduism, but yeah. Shiva, the God of destruction uh -huh. is also a creative force in the yes. world. I, again, maybe that's I'm misquoting everything. I don't know. Uh -huh. But like, like it's, it's that accepting that if we honestly view this as a valid like mode of being. If mm -hmm. we accept this as a force in the world, we have to accept it as necessary. Mm -hmm. And if something is necessary, it's vital to every other aspect. It's like an ecosystem, yeah. right? So the decay is important for regrowth, X, Y, Z, blah, yeah. blah. Um, so if, if we accept astrology or Myers-Briggs as a holistic system in mm -hmm. whatever scope it, uh, proposes Serves. to be okay, yeah. like, then like you as a Gemini, like maybe people, maybe there's a two-faced mischievous aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Is this what you were telling the kid? I it, well, to him, to me, I was just saying like, like you see this as completely negative. Like mm -hmm. you see yourself as a completely negative. You think people think this about you. Yeah. Like your struggle in life is to come to terms because like for him, that was the language he was using. Yeah. You have to come to terms with the fact that this is who you are. Yeah. And like, and he was always saying like, I wish I was this. I uh, wish I was yeah. that. And it's like, like, if this is what you believe, like you have to be okay with that because yeah. like whatever you are is who you are. And mm -hmm. like, you need to be that and yeah. be okay with it because there is no alternative. Yeah. There is no going back in time and being born at a different time, being a different person, living a different life, yeah. like experiencing different trauma or avoiding trauma in your life. Like you have to grow through that and find how it serves you or like in the, you know, mental health way of like learning to live with it and like giving it what it needs to be yeah. a positive or just like a self, like able to like contain itself mm -hmm. in some way. And like when I see that, when I see the five, what, are they, what is it called? Big five. When I see, when I see the yeah. big five, I see a positive negative spectrum. I don't mm -hmm. know how, if that's how he determines it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I haven't okay. listened to it. Um, so in the Myers-Briggs, um, you are like it's it's completely personal right mm -hmm. so like um you have your own functions that work in your psychology and personality and your goal is to like balance them in some way yeah right it's to find out like where you struggle where you're strong mm -hmm. and like acknowledge and honor each part of that and like come to a centered yeah. being yeah and i think the what like is again i don't know anything about mm -hmm. it but like what i would be uh, very when hesitant I hear to accept. talk about it, I don't think on that spectrum he's describing either one as okay inherently positive okay. or negative. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just seems like maybe people might say it's better to be better uh, to be conscientious. Than, or, yeah. Better, yeah, better yeah, to be confident yeah, yeah. than yeah. to be anxious. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I get how that might help you in life, but yeah. like some people are just naturally anxious people. Yeah. Like chemically, psychologically, yeah. but that like, can also be a positive. It too. can be. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. Um, and I don't know how that works. I w I'm always hesitant to accept a positive negative spectrum. Yeah. And I'm always in like more attuned to a validation of everybody mm -hmm. and a, I strive for everybody to 
on their own terms become more whole yeah. in some way. You know, it's, um, you should really, I know I've pushed it on you before, but you really should watch Evangelion. Oh yeah. It's I really do. The, the last yeah. scene in the last episode is a fucking psychedelic ego crushing mushroom trip. Okay. It's dark and beautiful and hopeful all in one sure. and okay. terrifying. Um, but one of the key things I took away from it is that, and you were talking about how other people supposedly see you influences how you see yourself and all oh, this yeah. stuff. Oh, totally. And one of the key takeaways from that, cause they go in this mind melding, uh, situation where everybody becomes one being and we can get an insight into how everybody's interacting, right. seeing themselves, seeing each other, seeing how people it's, and basically what he was saying is that all the things this is only a, a portion of it but he's like all the things that you supposedly hate about yourself and that you think other people hate you for it's like you're projecting that onto them hmm. and so it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this person hates me for this reason it's like that person probably is indifferent about that certain topic. Right. Do you hate yourself you for that reason? Yourself. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. And that was a huge takeaway. It's how you're you're projecting your own hmm. uh, way of describing yourself onto others and developing insecurities about that and all yeah. that stuff. It's it's That's a right. fucking deep trip of a show. It's beautiful, not only aesthetically but philosophically and emotionally. Yes. Yeah. Well, I gotta get on it. Yeah. Um, that was our episode. Um, Thanks for joining us. Yeah. After. Post disaster. Post disaster. Yeah. Um, but it's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> Living is all we got. Chance for rapper quote. Anyway, thanks, that, guys. I thought his music is all we got. Oh, yeah. I think, well, I think there's a part where Kanye says, Living is all we got, so might as well give it all we got. Oh. I could be wrong, but it could okay. be music is all we got. Well, well, thanks, y'all. Black ending. We'll see Peace. you next live stream. <laughs> <laughs> if there is one.